Welcome to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast, powered by Go Tennis. Check out our calendar of Metro Atlanta tennis events at letsgotennis.com, where you can also find deals on equipment, apparel, and free members get 10% off our shop. So go get yourself an Atlanta Tennis Monsters shirt or even the Daniel Medvedev Lacoste shoes at 25% off for paid members. In this episode, we talk to Andres Robello, who is the CEO and founder of Play By Point, a software platform for club management. Their mission is to empower clubs to connect directly with their audience, which probably influences his king of tennis answer toward the end of the conversation. Have a listen and let us know what you think. So my name is Andres, right? Um, a, you know, originally born in, in Miami, but grew up in, in Nicaragua. So Latin America or, or Central America in this case. Um, how it relates to you guys, you know, been tennis player my whole life. So obviously tennis has always been in, in my bloods. Um, it's created a lot of opportunities for me in terms of friendships, relationships, fitness, all that. So it's always been a part. Of, and I'll start with that way just because it's it's related to how we got to play by point. And, you know, once I graduated high school, I went to, to college in the U.S., um, played D3 tennis, right? Nothing too, too good per se in that case, but had fun, always kept kept kind of my, my tennis blood in there. Um, after that, I, that I went to a small liberal arts school in, in Pennsylvania, and then I transferred to the university of, of Miami, right? My focus was never around technology. It was more oriented in finance. Um, you know, I worked for, you know, a private wealth management firm. Then, then when I did that, I was still in college and, you know, I, I said, I don't want to do finance. You know, that's something that I'm not too passionate about. I feel like I'm not producing anything, so I need to go into operations. And that led me um, to my first job out of out of college, which was in in an operations role in 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 a restaurant industry, right? And and part of the training is that we had to spend the first six to eight months at the actual restaurant handling the whole operation, right? And I'm saying this because that was my first interaction with the point of sale system, which is what we are today. Right. And, and that experience of being on a day-to-day learning how this little computer was essential, not essential, but critical to the quality of the customer service and customer care. And most importantly, the experience of the staff, right. And how a bad design product could really make your life miserable or, or enjoyable, right. Per se in that case. So that began kind of my, you know, kind of what planted the seed. And, and there's always been an affinity. This was 2012. And, you know, technology, I've always, you know, always loved technology, you know, uh, always been passionate about it. Um, and after that, I took a job at more in an investing role in technology. And and when I was living in Miami, I couldn't get a court, right? I, I was trying to book a court, not even book a court. I was trying to go play, right? And whenever I would just try to find a core, I would have to go in there usually as a lot of, you know, at, at public parks, per se on that case, and we'd have to wait per se on that case, right? So I would get out of work at seven or, or 6.30, change, run, drive, I would get to the court and I wouldn't play until nine, right? And that happened 
over enough times that I stopped playing tennis. Right. It's like, look, I, I don't have, I'm not saying I don't have time for this, but it's very, you know, very cumbersome in that case. And I stopped playing tennis for about three years and then, you know, it's on and off. Right. I used to play three times a week, et cetera. And then, you know, I kind of stopped that cadence per se on that case. And that kind of led to the, to the, not the light bulb moment. Cause it doesn't um, come that way, but it came to look, we, you know, sport i love you know half of my friendships are through tennis um growing up you know it kept me physically active helped me deal with a lot of um life day you know when you're in a match and and you're down a set you need to come back so again there's a lot of analogies that even being as an entrepreneur um a solo entrepreneur right most importantly mm -hmm. i've been able to draw from right where as you guys know, right, the, the the physical part of tennis is obviously important, but the mental is really what takes you across, you know, from being good to great, per se, on that case. So um, with that passion and all those analogies in mind, I said, you know what, let's let me come up with something. You know, we, we you know, I we think we we there's an opportunity here. Um, eh, this was 2015, per se, on that case, Uber was coming up. Airbnb was coming up. I could pay with my parking on my phone. And I'm like, guys, what's, you know, like, why can't I just book my court? It's simple. Like it's, it's, it's that simple. And obviously I, I knew nothing about the business. Right. So, and that was kind of the biggest revelation. I knew nothing. And I, and I started that process and I made two big mistakes. One is I chose my first, I, I first, I looked how I was going to build this. Right. So I, I went out, I looked for a team. And we set out to build what they call an MVP. Let me build something based. But before I go out and build it, let me get the first client, right? Let me get the first customer. Because if not, you know, I, I'm not going to build something and then they're going to come. That It doesn't work that way. So um, little did I know, I chose my first customer to be a city, right? Again, I used to play, I used to live by or work by Coral Gables. So I got city of Coral Gables. There's Biltmore, Salvador Park, um, where the Junior Orange Bowl is held. Um and we, you know, I spent eight months going to the commissioners, telling them I'm here advocating for us tennis players that we need a technology solution to just make the booking experience better. So after, you know, I would, you know, wake up early, be at 7 a.m. at the commissioner's office and trying to get a meeting with all four of them, try to convince them, spent eight months. And finally, one commissioner told me, let me get you a meeting with the tennis director and IT. And that was kind of the, the beginning of this process. And then from there, it was another six months trying to convince IT why they should do it. We told them, guys, it's going to be free. You know, right now, when you go to the club and people, you know, it's 20, we're 2023. And in 2016, you know, and if you, obviously you guys know how things used to be run, but the way they were run at this park, and that was, um, prevalent across all most tennis clubs right not not all of them because the technology wasn't there yet everyone would call in at 7 a.m they would leave a voicemail because they're not answering at 7 a.m um then all the lines came up then the the lady that worked there right that you know the the front desk staff that are dear to all our hearts because they're the they're the heart of the operation right we we know them they become our friends and they're part of the experience they come in there, they spend two hours listening to the voicemail, putting it on a piece of paper. Once it fills up, 
they start building the queue and go on and so forth, right? So if you cancel, you know, so then that's all that, that problem. Then that was, hey guys, let me help you, right? And and that began kind of our journey. And that was how play, uh, a fun fact, pay by court was born. Okay, so we've had three name changes or two name changes in our history. So that's how pay by court came to be. Um, and we launched in January of 2017 um, with the help of, you know, the city of Coral Gables. I'll do a mention, Robert Gomez over at the Biltmore in Salvador. And they they bet on us, right? They they gave us that trust to go in there and try to help out the tennis community. And, and the whole spirit and the birth of the, I'll start with the idea, but of the company now is we want to enrich people's everyday lives, right? Whether it's be the player, the staff, or everyone that touches our product. And that and and at that time it was we want to keep that keep the sport alive, right? The sport that has given all of us and I assume people that are in the industry were here because there is a passion for the sport and it has given us opportunity and and it's something that just, you know, goes through your blood soon, you know, from the first time they put a racket on you. So the whole ethos was we want to expand the playing opportunities, right? We want more people to go on court, make it a better experience. And our bet was that through easier technology, we could do our small part and, and all, and kind of this segment with that, it, our small part is just one piece of a larger equation of what it takes to build a successful tennis club, tennis program that you guys I'm sure have covered um through your podcast with other speakers so we just play a small port small part in it we think obviously very important um but we just do you know we're just the you know the assistant coach if you want to call it that way in that case all right well i'm good bobby thanks for coming i appreciate <laughs> it <laughs> I, I want to know what was in the water in 2015 that everybody got the, the same idea at the same yeah. time there's i, I guess it was yeah, the, and, and the it's exterior. funny because Court reserve came came to be in that same time. Yeah, courts which you 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 were involved in and Walid and you know great people. We we have great relationships with them, and really the the OGs as I call it used to be tennis bookings, which is no longer with us. I'll call it that way. With Paul, um, he did a great job as well. Um, then and then you had a couple other players that you probably knew, right? That that were doing it. Um from from a long time but i think what changed in 2015 or 2016 was you had a targeted effort to instead of building you know a developer trying to build a, a homemade solution someone trying to i'm not gonna say build a business but try to take it to more clubs at a higher scale and i don't know what happened in that year there's a couple theories across ideas that ideas are not born within the person, but that they're flying around and, you know, you can catch them for sure in that case. So maybe that's the theory we can, we can abide by, but um, I think there I was a say, big need. And, and I would say it's Stripe showed yeah. up when Stripe <laughs> became a thing, when we could take payments easily and people could put together a website because I mean, we had what we had reserved my court for 20 yeah, years. I mean, he was, yeah. he was ahead of the curve on that one. With just a simple click a button, get it done, no bells and whistles, yeah. you know, get us started. But when Stripe showed up and yeah. we started being able to implement taking the payments, I think we were able to figure out how to monetize these things. So there was some incentive to get into the industry. 
Yeah. Tennis horse was another one. Yeah. No, I think we had three of them here in Atlanta coming out of Georgia Tech. We had like three different groups come out doing something very similar. Yeah, that's true. So what's and here's my my favorite leading question in this in this concept, Andres, which is, you know, why are you special? So you you say you're you're a, a small piece, and we talk to everybody about it, and everybody says, okay, well here's here's what we do, and one of the things Bobby and I have realized of our combined millions of years of experience here are is realizing that not every club's the same and there is no there is no system that's just going to be for everyone you've got to find the right club you got to find the right facility that fits what you're offering as opposed to just blanketing and saying why isn't everybody using my system and changing their business model to the way we do things so what's what's yours what's your target who specifically are you helping Great question. So I'll continue the story that I was telling you that ties into that. So we we came in and I think everyone had this similar situation where, you know, the idea is, look, I'm going to do a booking system and it's going to work for everyone, right? Same thing as all these things. And I, I said before, little little did I know, I had no knowledge on the industry, right? So it was when people ask me why we started this I, and the answer I always give I was naive. That's it. Plain and simple. I was naive. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So we launched in 2017 and everything we thought how the club operated was wrong. Right? So we're like, oh my God, we thought you did this way. No, it's this way. And then and and then that was a big revelation at the beginning. But we took it from a point of view that we were in no hurry. We really wanted to understand what the club was going through, what the staff was going through on a day-to-day. I would go to the club every morning um, to really understand what the, you know, what the folks managing these clubs were going through on a day-to-day basis, right? And and also that came to the why, for example, in that case. Why wasn't there a good system that everyone can have? And the reason is that bookings, right? And that's that was our, our not wrong approach, but that was part of the learning. And as you guys know, it's just a small component of the tennis business at the clubs. You got lessons, you got junior programs, you got the pro shop, you got memberships, you got a bunch of other stuff that tie it in, right? And bookings, revenue-wise, is very small, right? So why? So that so why hasn't there been a solution for that? Because there's more important stuff, right? For sure, in that case. So part of our biggest revelation in the beginning was. Look, all these clubs, the problem is not bookings. The problem is that all these clubs are using a golf software to manage their tennis operation, a spa software to manage their operations, a yoga software, a government software. So then we we set and we made a pivot back then very consciously to change from being a booking system to being a management and point of sale solution. Right. That include yes, it does include bookings. Yes, it does include all the things that you need, right? To interact. And and that was the first revelation. The second one was I was laser focused on building for, you know, for that customer. I thought that everyone was the same. And then I got my third, my second customer. And then I go to to my other customer in Doral. My God, these guys are doing everything different. What is this? Nothing that I did here is the same here. Okay, well, I got to go set it up the way they do it here. Perfect. 
boom. And everything we did from day one, we built our technology in a way that it's customizable to each individual club, right? And we started learning that in our pitch till this day is every club is different. Every club has its unique way of operating. Every club has its unique set of rules. And the way we built our technology is that it's extremely easy to customize it to your needs. We take care of all setup. We take care of onboarding. And we make sure that the solution fits for your club. A famous phrase that I always say is the, the, the software, the, the software sh you shouldn't accommodate your business by the software. It should be the other way around, right? So what we did throughout many years, we, we had that philosophy and that approach, and we would literally just build that specific need for that customer because that got me that one customer. And that another customer. And 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 that was our journey from 2017 to 2020. You know, we were just trying to build these partnerships with these clubs. And and if you know Karen at North River Shores had this problem and she did it this way, then we would build it for her at no additional cost and no setup, no commitment, nothing, because we thought that that would help eventually the whole ecosystem. So it got to a point that we got to where you know, or a hundredth club or a hundred. And we had seen so many of these cases already that today we offer, in my opinion, one of the most flexible platforms out there in the market where you were not telling you how to run your business. The The platform adapts to your unique needs for sham that case. And if we don't have them, we'll build it for you. Right. And we keep that promise to this day in that case. And so the only way you can do that is to monetize usage rather than monetizing you're going to monetize the traffic and the activity rather than monetizing the usage is kind of the way I would put it. Cause if you're going to, you're, if you're going to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build it specifically for you. That gets expensive fast from a development point of view. So how are you able to pull off all of this customization? I mean, I'm just picturing 97 different dropdowns as to how I'm trying to figure out how this fits into my club. Great question. You know, we got one, our, our technology team is one of the best, right? So everything, the way we structured our software and and that's another piece where we're different. If you look at our software and the, the, the player experience and the management experience is completely different from what you have out there in the market. Everything out there from, I'm not going to mention names, they all look the same. They're all the same, right? We made... One key, not one key difference, but as one example, the our our calendar, our courts are on the left and our times are on top. And I'll I'll start there, and and just because we think about things differently, right, in terms of how the staff should engage with it, and and what that's done is it creates to your point, how are we different? With my claim is I can train your staff in ten to fifteen minutes. Our system is very easy to use, very easy to get them up and running. And that brings it back to my experience that I started earlier over at the restaurant business that you got people rotating. You don't have time to train your front desk staff. Some days someone's covering one shift and if they don't know how to use the system or they got to, they got to take an, you know, a master's degree to learn it, <laughs> not, it's not going to work. Right. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of other folks did that we put a lot of effort into making not only the player side look nice, which is amazing on our end, but the admin side look beautiful and not only look beautiful, operate in a way. So how did we do it? That all that customization 
Um, luckily enough, or I don't, you know, you, we can, I'll call it luck for say on that case, right? Where each feature we built brought me the next customer and the next customer used that feature. I was, I was just going to interrupt. I was just going to interrupt and point that out as I'm, as I'm looking through everything, because you're not monetizing the traffic, you're monitor, you're monetizing the feature, which not, yeah. however that works, but you say, okay, Hey, I need this feature to do this thing. And you say, sure, I'll build it because some other club is going to need it. And I'm going to add it to that list and they're going to pay for the advanced version or the, the maximum and, version or whatever, because they're going to need that feature too. Correct. And also look, the way I, I look at it is, we're lucky enough to get that valuable feedback, right? Where clubs are collaborating with us and telling us, look, Andres, these are my needs. I need this. This is my pain point. Um, pain point. That's Bobby's phrase. Like find their pain point. We can help. Yep. And, and, and that's what really, that's why I looked at, I didn't even look like it was expensive. It, we were learning from them. I was, again, I go back to the point. We need nothing. Right. I thought, and I think this is a mistake that a lot of people from the outside say, and even when I talk to my non-tennis or people that are in the racket sports industry, managing a racket sports center, it's easy. Right. I think that's kind of the the outside. And little do they know the intricacies of the job, of the operations, the challenges, not only on court, right? That's a whole nother dimension, but also off court. Right. And and I think for us, what makes us different is that we we live, breathe, and understand the pain point, to Bobby's point, of the operator, right? So we, we've built a, a wonderful, great solution. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, it's to have someone, in, you know, invest, you have an R&D team, right? A science group of scientists, if you want to put it that way, making this industry better, right? And that's the way we look at it. If, if we can make operations for, and what I said, if we can make the operations clean and people are making money and they're, they, they're efficient, we can then take care of the rest, right? The other problems that we have in, in the industry in that case. And I think Bobby is going to agree with this. So I'm going to let him talk about it for a second, but we, we talk between amongst ourselves I like using the word amongst, it's just fun. <laughs> amongst ourselves about the the fact that we've got the same old people running tennis. And when some, you know, some young person comes out of LA and they've got a new app that's going to fix everything and the, the arrogance of that. And everybody says, no, not going to happen. But yeah, yeah. Bobby mentions all the time, Bobby, you talk about needing fresh eyes. Get somebody who doesn't know how to run a tennis club or hasn't been doing it for thousands of years to come in and say, well, wait, it's just like this other thing. Why don't we just do it this way? Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of interesting. I think that's part of the, the 2016 proliferation. Everybody was looking at book, you know, book a table. Yeah. It was starting to come around all about in on, on other aspects of life. Why is it in tennis? Uh, the fascinating part, and I love what you're saying, Andreas, obviously you survived and you said it out loud, mistakes. That's the, a difficulty for a small company. So was, I mean, you and you talked about the collaborate, was the, the development and the financing done by the city, the government, or, you know, because we're talking money here. That's That's the hard part with any startup is being able to survive early misjudgments we, we wouldn't call them mistakes because i remember when i spoke to courts and they were like god i really wish we would have spoke to you 
two months ago before, you know, we came up with this idea. And I was like, well, you know, you're coming to Atlanta, whole different ballpark because we're HOA driven. We're not the traditional clubs. You know, you got a lot of people playing tennis, but most of them are playing out of neighborhoods. If you, you're not going to make a living off of the five clubs in Atlanta, like you said, that aren't going to use the software already provided by golf or make it affordable where they can switch. So, you know, how did you survive early on from a financial standpoint while you're going through this journey? Great, great question. Um, let me start with the, with the first comment that you made at, there's the, all, all these young guys trying to come up with the flashy product and the few of us that survived are the ones that were humble enough to realize that the most important thing is listening to the customer, right? And not trying to impose our will or our vision onto them, right? And I think that's something that, you know, I, today there's few players, right? And I think the ones that guided their product and their development through that lens are still here today. Right. And that I love my friend, but you're right. He, he got stuck on a path and he couldn't get off of it. <laughs> exactly. So what something that we did is I always knew that as long as we, you know, we're here trying to solve the club's need. Right. And that's something I go back to the, the player. Yes, they are important. Right. And we can build all these fancy and everyone was going after the player for sure in that case. And we said, no, first we got to, we got to, and, and I go back to first, we got to digitize the clubs. Yeah. Then we can take care of the rest. And that was our mission to digitize the industry, right? And how would we do it? By capturing 100% of everything that goes on at the club, right? So again, covering not only court reservations, going back lessons, lesson packages, academies, and then you got junior signups and you got junior cams, then you got juniors that they do one day a week, two days a week, three days a week. Um, and I can go on and on and on about all these things, right? You, some clubs have a lottery system that, you know, on HOAs. So again, all these things that we were completing, really, you need to tie in the whole ecosystem, right? It's, it's a long time to build that out, right? So it's seven years. And, and, and that's why when someone tries to come in today's world, in today's market, and they say, it's easy, a booking system, you know, I wish them luck, right? Just because of that. So that's on that side, right? So I think the 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 ones that were focused on helping the clubs, we're still here, we're still in that case. Um, in terms of the financing, no, we, we gave our first pilot for free, right? So a lot of the, the, the initial, you know, we never went out and raised outside money. You know, we, this was... You know, I said, look, let me, I got a, you know, one, one of our, our my CTO, right. We, uh, we worked together since day one and he's still with us. And a, we, we kept the lean team right at the beginning as we were developing the product, great technology person, um, a partner in the business. And the first three years I was working full time, right? So I was working my full-time job. I would go from 6am to 8.30 to the court, which is already active, then go to work, lunch, go back to the club, learn more, and go back to work, nights, boom. And and we were self-funding the whole operation for a very long time, for sure in that case. Um, and I think the, you know, in hindsight, if we would have gone, and I, I came from, an, from a finance and investing background, and I knew that if you raised outside capital, you were just going to burn out because 
the scalability wasn't there, right? I, I learned early on that, you know, I, every club was different. So how are you going to sell an idea that I was going to be in a thousand clubs if, if it was difficult, right? So what we, we made and going back to your point um, on the business model, we kept it simple, right? Cause we saw everyone trying to do, Hey, let me charge a percentage of the, of the revenue of the fee and, and pros and, and justifiably. So you don't like getting another tax, right? <laughs> on top of your business. Um, so we, we, we kept it simple, right? And it's a, it's a SaaS tool, software as a service. You pay a monthly fee depending on the, on the products you're looking for. And, and that's it, right? We keep it simple in that case. And, and, and that was our, our business model because our, our first goal, um, is to digitize the industry, right? In that case. So get is more, we, we, it, obviously it took us a long time to, to customize everything, and we're still not there yet, by the way, right? There's still things that pop up here and there. Less now, less now, but there's still things that we get at a, at a random club that does things differently. But, you know, we, we just held on, right? And, and what I say in entrepreneurship is, you know, it's, it's, there is no failure. There's just when you give up, right? So, and you, and you do everything to keep it alive. Um, so, and, and that was their journey, right? They, thankfully, um, obviously I remember my first 50 customers, right? Cause those, you know, a hundred, 200, 300, whatever dollars they paid us a month that kept us going, right. Even at very lean, but that's why I, you know, I still speak to them today, right. We still support them. And, and that's, you know, th those are the true heroes of our journey, right. For sure in that case. When we find not everybody wants to be first. So when you come in and say, hey, I got an, I got an idea that's going to help you, especially in this industry. One of our first podcast episodes was titled, You Still Use a Pencil? Yeah. And uh, that's just insane to me. But we still have it. And you, and it's probably going to be a really long time before pencils go away. But yeah. changing the culture a little bit is where everybody was in 2016. And maybe that 2017 time frame where everybody was a little more, maybe not everybody many were more susceptible to the idea of digitizing and saying, yeah. ah, you know what? Yeah, we could, we could probably modernize a little bit and stop using Lotus notes. You know, we hopefully up, yeah. update I, a little bit. Yeah. I, by the way, we've never done sales. Everything has been word of mouth, all inbound. And I gave up on that uh, at the beginning, at the first two years. Cause I would, we would, I would drive all across Florida. Um, knocking on clubs doors tell them hey you know with the same pitch right we're using pen and paper and we got you have no idea how many no's right and just people they didn't get it right so i said you know what not that we just kind of turned back and i said look i'm going to focus on the people that see the value i'm not i'm not here to to change people's minds right and and that's i just i gave up on that tennis pro right i'm not going to here to try to convince them on that because then he needs to go to his board and then convince. And then I'm like, okay, the people that see the value, then you, we hold you dearly and we appreciate you and, and we'll support you with, with our, all our efforts for sure in that case. And we just start to focus on the, on the, the clubs that matter in that case and, and really be myopic in the sense that we need to build the best solution. And, and that was our mission. We weren't thinking about, oh, I need to get this club, that club. Let's just keep making the best product. And we're taking a leap of faith that 
um, that win that ultimately gets us to the finish line. Bobby's got the same feature for his coaching business. He's secretly the best coach in the area, but nobody knows. He doesn't tell anybody. He just keeps it to himself. When people figure it out, all of a sudden, it's just all incoming. Um, so, Andres, what's your what's your footprint here? That's a fun. Uh, what's your footprint in Atlanta? What? Uh, how do I ask that question? What kind of corporate buzzword can I throw in to ask? How many clubs you got here? Who are you working with? Um, so, look, we work with all the city of Atlanta locations. Um, I for, I forget the names to be honest, but Piedmont. We do too. Um, no, we all, know them all. Piedmont, Bitsy. Yep, all those. Um, and then we got uh, some HOAs, country clubs. I mentioned, you know, Dunwoody's one we just got. But I'll, I'll share that list after, I tell you, because we, you know, thankfully in the past two years, you know, obviously our, our growth has um, accelerated immensely. And, you know, I think our footprint today in, in the company, we're, you know, across the all 50 states, Canada, Latin America, Asia, Philippines, Dubai, Hong Kong, um, you know, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, um, Hawaii. So, so again, our, our footprint has expanded. So I need to go look at my notes now when, you know, to, to get kind of certain geographic um, area, we keep that obviously on a, on a tight, um, tight ship per se on that case. Cause again, we just focus on the club, right? So we're not a marketplace. Um, every club is unique. Every club has their own way of, of working their, their operation. And, and that's how we roll. Interesting. So your city, the city of Atlanta, you have all of those, or that's not a piecemeal thing. Like you went to the city of Atlanta and said, Hey, we're great. Use us. And they said, great. Have all our clubs. And well, not like they came to us. The short version. I'll, yeah, I'll get the short version. Maybe. So if Bobby was in, so the, yeah. the backstory well, there. They yeah. So, there, so the backstory, the true backstory there is um, <laughs> courts had those clubs they got acquired in 2021 or they got, you know, whatever they got um, done. And then the new acquiree didn't have a solution for all these clubs. So then when they started looking around, Hey, you know, you don't have a point of sale, you know, we got to use, we got to use something. And we just picked up all those clubs for sale in that case. So really from the courts acquisition, um, we picked up half, right. Or give or take, or a little bit more from, from all the clubs that were left stranded, right. In that case. And, and the same that, thing happened. Yeah. No, and I agree that to me, that's, that's my, my next question is where do you see the future of this? Because the funny part about technology is it takes a long time for people to jump on the, the wagon. And then once they're on it, well, what else are you going to do for me? How do you keep up? What, what do you foresee? You know, in your mind, the future, because I always looked at this and one thing I pushed and, and what we try to do with with our website, I loved the open concept of courts, the ability for you to see the entire area and the sharing of drills and just an open source where tennis players could find other tennis players type thing. Uh, but I also looked at it from a, a, a director's perspective. I want something that's going to help me facilitate my communication with my members, make it easier where if I do a drill, I wanted to, you know, incorporate text messaging right into it. And, you know, once they got on the list of, well, yeah, that's on our list, but it's not number one on our list. 
you know, where, where do you foresee what, what features you're going to add? And I apologize. I've just been looking at you. What is the TV pricing that, that has me What, what is that? What do you offer is that? That sounds pretty flashy. No. So the TV is, you can display your court sheet on a TV monitor, right? Oh, so you, well, because we tried to do that and we had to get an outside software provider and it, he turned out to be a bomb. And, you know, so I have a TV sitting, so I would love to be able to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have no, a TV sitting in my window that does nothing. Yeah, no, your your court sheet, we got a, we send you a fire stick, you plug it in, and then it's going to show your whole court sheet right on the TV screen. Oh, and, it, and it rotates. It's not the whole, it's not a copy of the court sheet. It ro- It just keeps a four-hour time frame, or you can choose the time frame. And as the day goes by, your your court sheet shifts over automatically. You should. You, I found your for, your next ch- name change is Court Guide. <laughs> court Guide. Because yeah. you're basically the what you're describing. I'm absolutely picturing what it looks like on those guides on the television where it scrolls because yep. you moved the courts and the time and it moves. That's like a TV guide, right? Yep, I hear that's, you. That's a great way to view it. I like that. Yeah. Now, do you with that? And I, I love that idea again. Would you? Because the other thing I always try to incorporate. How do you make it? For the neighborhoods, because that's more of what we're doing here in Atlanta. Go to them and say, "Yeah, look, look this sounds like an expense. It's twelve hundred. Let's say my my current subdivision's got sixteen courts. You know, we were with courts on the on the family rate, and yeah. then we started looking around and court reserve. By the time we added anywhere near the amount of future features that we had, similar, the price was astronomical." So uh-huh. then you take a step back and you go to something local that you hope over time gets to where you had it. So, you know, balancing for the club, to, you know, the guys like me, how could you put an ad on that rotating court sheet where I could go to local neighborhoods and say, hey, you're going to be on this for $50 and I can go to my HOA committee and say, look, it's going to cost us $1,500, but I can make $750 of it back, I think. Yeah. yeah. So let me answer your Two questions or a couple of questions before that. I've been three. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So on the on the open concept for the player, um, look, the, the reality is that the club access is really a problem in the United States, right? Where yeah, we have all these facilities, but half of them, or not even half, a third. I don't know what the actual statistic is, but you can't access. You can't just go in and play. Right. right. So to create an open model, it really it's hard to do. Right. The supply dynamics are not in there. The incentives are not in there. Why would an HOA allow someone from the outside to go in? So there's a lot of barriers that it just doesn't make sense. Right. So mm-hmm. to that question, I think that's a that's a mute point, at least from our opinion. Um, so we focus. At the club level. Right. Where every club or every court, for sure, in that case is a community. Right. And at the end of the day, tennis, yeah, booking is just a tool, right, to get on the court. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, why do we play tennis? You know, there's a loneliness epidemic in this country. Um, we want relationships. You know, we want to go in there, get interactions. If, you know, if I'm locked into my office all day, it doesn't bring, you know, too much enjoyment. So that's part of we do this because it's a hobby, right? It's a sport. Um, and I think that. That's the number one component we should always keep in mind, right? And the pro has been central, is central to that. As, as you know, right? The pro in getting the ladies' leagues up and running, the ladies' clinics, the, you know, getting the guys that book and connecting them with what used to be a sheet on the wall and people writing their names with their levels. 
Um, so what the future holds on, on the software side, and I'll kind of answer that question first. And what I tell people is first, we're trying to figure out how to run these things, right? We had all these operations. We tr we're trying to see how we can, we can, you know, handle clinics, handle wait lists, handle the bookings, the rules and all that. And then the next phase in the future is how do we reduce the friction of the heart of the club, which is the director, to make those interactions easily, right? So I think doing all the social pieces is going to be critical, right? Building leagues, you know, that's within the app. That's easy to do. Tournaments, sign up, um, a community chat, right, where people can join and can post and... Um, all those aspects around that that level, per se, on that case. So that's where we we're going towards to. And then the other piece that I tell all my clients is, look, the booking is just the utility, right? When I never describe myself as a booking platform, we're a commerce platform, right? When you look at our booking system, the way we approach it, and we'll send some follow-up material um, after the podcast so you can see, we're different in, in the case that when you look at every other system and I go back to that point, how does the booking journey start? And that's a question for both of you. I for, log in. Like how far back? Okay, you go? So what are they looking at? What are they looking at first? I'm looking at a monitor, a phone or a computer. And a court sheet, right? Yeah. You just, you look oh, the whole I, court I went sheet. too far back. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so you're looking yeah. at the whole court sheet. Um, that's my biggest critique of not critique, but in general, why does a person want to look at the whole court sheet? No, right? It, you need to show them what they want. So the way we in, interact our customers is they go in and and download our app and 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 really take a take it for a spin, and you can see that what we're building is a commerce platform where you can put banner ads. To your point, right? We got banner ads on our on our format. You can upsell them. You can charge partners for it. Um, we, you can, you have a shop section where you can put your pro shop items on the app. People can buy them online and pick up on site. Um, we got our game match feature where you can create those matches, post them on, post them on a board. People can join it. That inspiration came from way back when on the paper sheets that were posted on every tennis shop, right? Here's my name and my level is when I want to play same concept, right? So, you know, be, again, and the way when we look at it in steps, first, we got to take care of business. Now we're going to take care of the player and not the player as a general, the club player, right? The, the player that belongs to their club, because that's another thing, right? From the pro perspective, you spent a lot of time, you know, create building your community, right? These are your customers in some way. These are your students. These are your leagues. And not that it's not in, I'm not saying it's not in your, your best interest, but you want to try to create loyalty to the club, right? Or to your, to that pro. So that's kind of what we're seeing. And then the last piece to that point is we got all this data. Now we need, we need to make it actionable, right? So, and all tennis directors can relate. Good thing we haven't had a demand problem historically, right? And I think that's what's really led to a, to us getting lazy. And, you know, I'll, I'll put us in, in the tennis, as a tennis industry, because we haven't had a demand problem. That's what people from the outside think. There's, mm -hmm. there's not a demand problem. Right. Where all clubs are packed and you can find all these, what I call them, all the addicts 
coming in there and playing every day. And we, we actually, we need to do the reverse of demand. We got to limit them in that case. Um, so what we're, you know, what we're guiding towards is building that community, especially in that case, right. And, and trying to make it better. So, and the last piece is how do we make all that information actionable? You know, Bobby came in for the first time, send them a little text, automated text. Hey, Bobby, thanks for coming in today. Why don't you come in and stop by our clinic next time? So that's where we think the future is going. So we can become smarter. We can, instead of, you know, I remember my coaches have a, a, a pad, all his clients' names, right? And all his lessons. So that we're, we're digitizing all aspect of it. So I think that's where we're going. And, and these are different, you know, there's, if it existed, if we knew what it looked like, you know, someone would be doing it already, right? So, and I think you can only discover that solution through an iterative process, we're saying in that case. And it's, it's interesting to me hear you talk, and it goes back to the, the difference between the rest of the country and Atlanta. We have so many leagues. We have, you know, all that is built. It's, we are the other side of what you're talking about. We have a bunch of middle-aged folks looking to find a community outside of, you know, as you get older, finding that thing that you share, that you build off of. You know, when you're a kid, you have your sports, you have your school, various stages of your life. As you get older, what is the commonality? Tennis has became a commonality. Throughout, uh, it, you know, subdivisions are built in Atlanta with at least two tennis courts, a situated bathroom, and cl country club caliber lights so you can get certified to play out there. So we're so different in so many ways because I always felt against something I pushed to, to Waleed was the pros themselves. We have so many independent pros that should be using a system to yeah. legitimize themselves that look at it and are, are afraid of it because they, they're not a club or they don't feel like, could you set something up for a, a guy who's at five? I mean, Sean has his business. He goes to several different neighborhoods. Could you set something up Sean specific to show his clients? Okay, Sean's at Windermere on Wednesdays. He's here on Fridays. Are you that customizable? Um, no, right. Okay. So not not even customizable. But I'll, I'll go back to to look the focus, right? So you you got to pick your battles, especially on that case, and and every. If you really want to be the best, right, which is our intent, you, you got to focus for you're going to be the best in, right? And then slowly we'll tackle other areas. But, you know, managing leagues, it's a whole different animal, right? Managing the independent pros operational process, it's a whole different journey, right? And and all these other steps that happen offline, um you know, require a lot of focus and effort and time and investment to really come up with a good solution, right? And not saying it can't be done, mm -hmm. but, you know, you got to, you, at least that's our perspective, right? We got to, you know, there's, you got to focus on on one thing, be the best, and then we can start tackling the other items one at one, right? So that's kind of how I see it. So for that player that you mentioned, that 5-0, again, we focus on the club. Right. And I go back to that. That is our our our, our North Star. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe down the road, you know, we will build solutions around that, but for now we we got we got more wood to ch to chop up. 
or sell that game. Oh, understand that, but again, that's what makes Atlanta so unique, you know, and difficult for you guys coming in because it's just a different market. We are not club based, you know. There might be there might be two, three standalone tennis only clubs in the entire city. But you got courts, yeah. right? You got individual facilities, and they should be run by a scheduling platform in order to organize all these events going on. Well, and one thing I think that hopefully you, you learned earlier, because it was always funny, dealing with municipalities was always the biggest pain in the neck alive because of yep. the bureaucracy, but that's where you you got your teeth sharpened. So hopefully, you know, that, that could be a big thing because you're right. I mean, th- th- certainly where I live in Forsyth County, some of the most spectacular parks you'll find anywhere and they're not managed. It's drive up in see, because it's, you know, again, it's, it's just different. Most people don't play out of parks because they can play in their neighborhood. So the, the, the parks are dramatically underutilized. And uh, like I said, we, we focus on Atlanta. So I, I'd like to hear what other people are doing just to see what, what is transferable? What can we, you know, what, what can we learn from you and what you're doing? And, and I think what you're saying is absolutely right. Stay where, you know, show me the money is always a good way or follow the money is always a good indicator of where people's interests are, you know, that where they're using it, that's where their interest is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, um, yeah, it's a different, you know, different problem, not a problem to solve, but you got free tools out there. Right. And what's yeah. been proven in, in the, in the market is that, that kind of club, they'll just buy from my dear friend from Hold My Court is one, yeah. right? Um, it's a free solution. It's got ads. It's I'm not saying it's, it's very clunky, very old school, but it works. It works, you know, and and that's okay, right? That's okay. Um, I think it hurts the community at large because we're not organizing ourselves. Um, but, you know, that's why we focus on the clubs that are, that have a deep need for that's this solution for sure in that case mm-hmm. well in the court and the court system that is free and we've got the hoas that are building their own They're like oh we got a guy over there in the house that can build us one real quick and i take that as a good step because at some point they're going to realize okay we've got a crappy product you know bob built it for us we really appreciate you bob but we got to call andres like we got to get we got to get this. But what it did was it got them off the pencil. It got them out of that manually writing things down and the yeah. phone calls. And it's one step closer to where we want the industry to be, which is automated and, and digitized for you. Yeah. The, the biggest shift as well, and just taking a step back is the big is COVID. Yeah. Right. So in, in 2020, you know, prior to 2020, and we forget right now, it's only been three years, but Prior to that, I was selling why you should use a technology solution. And then that kind of forced, that kind of accelerated the curve five years, right? Where my discussion changed, right? Why are you better? Why should I use you, right? Per se on that case. So I think COVID did bring a lot of that demand forward because there was no option. They had to. And then once they implemented it, then it then a lot of people kept it, per se on that case. So I think that was a net positive for us. Um and also made the you know certain parts of the of the industry realize that it, it can it could really save you a lot of time. Well, yeah, and two hundred dollars a month is a lot cheaper than hiring somebody to work the front desk. When the front desk is an app on your phone, you can exactly. do a lot more. Yep, exactly. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So, Bobby, I, I want to ask him the king of tennis question because you pushed a little bit asking for something from the future. And he points out that the he does not have that kind of hubris. I'm going to ask him king of, <laughs> king of tennis anyway. Bobby, you got anything else you want to talk to him about before we go there? No, no. I look forward to following up on, on a club basis, Andreas. Awesome. No, no. I would love to. That's, yeah, Bobby's, Bobby's always looking for the next best thing. That might be you. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I think I think we are. <laughs> well, you're biased. We know that. Um, so, Andres, our, our king of tennis question, which hopefully uh, you know is coming, we ask everybody we talk to except Patricia Jensen. I think she was the only one we didn't ask because that's obvious. She's just going ahead and doing it. But if you were king of tennis, and whether it's Miami, Florida, the world, the universe, whatever it is, if you were king of tennis and could change something or add something, or even some people were out there trying to trying to subtract some things from the tennis world, is there anything you would do or change? Um. So the answer is yes, right? To in preparation of, of the question, um, and my answer is going to be biased, right? Obviously, so I I need to come from the perspective of the solution I'm trying to solve. Um, but to me, what I, what I would change is accessibility, right? I think in the consumer market, um, there's a lot of confusion as to how do I approach the sport today? And we need to start bringing all those barriers down to make it easy and accessible. Obviously, the USTA has done a lot of efforts in that avenue, but I think it needs to start from a, from a grassroots perspective, right? From the individual pro and I think technology will play a small part of it in the sense that, you know, we're, you know, it's 2023, everyone has a phone in their hand. And the moment that you make me call to go to a clinic or to me, you make me drive to the park, you've lost me as a customer because I'm going to go to Orange Theory or whatever gym boutique out there that's popping up. So I think as an industry of whole and, and from the pros operating these individual sites, we need to accelerate the accessibility at the sport. From awareness, education, ease of purchase, and getting them in the door, right? Because one thing I do believe is that once you get someone in the door and you give them a good treatment, you know, it's, it's a great sport. That's why, you know, that's why we're all here. So that's what I would focus my efforts in and ways to to make it more accessible, easy to easy to join, easy to play, and not create too many territorial wars that you find at the neighborhood level, right? The the you know, the group that always plays at 7 a.m. and you can't touch them because, you know, they got the special deal with the HOA or with the city or not with the city, but with the court coordinator and all that. So I think if we can set up a ground level rules across the nation, then I think it'd be net net positive. And and one thing that I like to advocate is to, to the tennis people. And, and I think, you know, and, and this is going to be my my, you know. We're not competing against other tennis coaches or facilities, right? We're competing for time and for fitness activities, right? And 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 the, the consumer today or the player today, if it's easier for them to go to a Pilates class or a gym class or a gym studio, we're competing against that today. And that's something I think the industry hasn't caught on. And and now you you know, you you have two big waves coming to market, which you guys are very familiar with. Right, you got the explosion of pickleball, you got padel, you got other racket sports coming to market that I think can work together, right, with tennis. That you, you, we gotta, 
you know, I'm not gonna say defend our turf, but you have to keep it engaging and fun and accessible. Cause if not, we're going to see a huge decrease in player participation. And you've already started to see it across the nation, right? You don't, you, you can't hide that. You can't hide that fact, right? Tennis clubs are being converted to pickleball. Um, and, and I love pickleball, right? So don't get me wrong. I, I think it's great. Um, but from a tennis point of view, even the question is king of tennis, I think as, you know, tennis directors and, and pros and industry players, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a capitalist country and, and we need to compete and we need to, to really bring people back to the sport, right. I'm bullish on the sport. I think it, it, you know, it's, it's been for hundreds of years. I don't think it's going anywhere, but we need to reinvigorate it. Right. Cause if not, we run the risk and not an existential risk, but we don't want to become a forgotten sport for in that case. So I, I, I would just put that sense of urgency, you know, I might be too catastrophic, but I think that might get us in the industry to really try to try to make things better. Right. Try to get the first person in the door and, and, and get them to play. Right. So if at least here in Miami, it's, you know, my, my wife, I was asking, me, oh, I want to go play tennis. I don't know. A, I work in the industry. I don't know a single place where I can recommend she start at. Right. Where it's easy and they can just go in and play. I don't know. Right. So that's a problem. See, Bobby, they just don't have tennis courts right next to their house like we do. (laughs) And that's another problem. Yeah. And that's I agree. Right. So, again, and yeah, that's that's the other problem. And and we we run the same we run the same issue. I mean, it's always tough getting people. It's I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And, and, and like you said, I don't look at pickleball as a threat. I look at pickleball as an opportunity. Yeah. Take the money that's being created by pickleball to mm-hmm. elevate the tennis. You yeah. know, get people programming as far as cameras. I mean, like you said, let's let's make this thing grow it by by getting the the, the influx of cash where you you offer more things to people to get them excited. We know people like to watch themselves. Go video. Here's now a videotape lesson is the same cost because I don't need to make a margin because I'm making a margin someplace else. I, I look at, and it, you know, this is on the heels of Atlanta just lost our tournament again, our yep. 250 annual tournaments. It's going away. And I'm reading all the hosannas online from the people that have been involved from day one. I'm like, you've been involved from day one. This is the third time the tournament is left. Don't you think we need somebody other than you? is being the messenger of because you're too not you're seeing like you said you're selling it as tennis we're not competing against tennis we're competing against the movies swimming going out to dinner being a tier one city that just like miami we got a lot of options of what to do with our disposable income and everybody holding on to this idea that tennis that's what kills this sport yeah it's a part it's it you cannot sit different or you set yourself apart and say oh well you you need to play tennis yeah no i agree and look i i agree with you right my biggest not critique but we you know when you know it takes as you say at the beginning you know a lot of effort to you know dedicate your your life right to a sport to a solution in the sport and at least my sentiment being out there and trying to sell is that we were always getting divorced. Right. And, and obviously it's a bias approach in the terms of, you know, it's part of building a company, but we felt that it was hard to get support from stakeholders. 
right? And you know who they are, yeah. right? Big organization. We're always competing against them, and we're just doing R and D for the industry, right? And and we're and we always not to have to be watching our backs, but you know the the door was shut on a lot when we're just trying to help the industry, right? So I think that ethos needs to change, right? Whether it be our competitors, right? And that's why we never speak ill of our competitors, right? We we love what they're doing, right? And and that's how how the whole industry should wake up. So I like your introduction at the beginning of starting with that because that's kind of why we exist for sure in that case. And, and we tend to forget that this is, it's a hobby. We need to have fun. Right? So <laughs> That would be the point. So wait a minute, what you're telling me is you're, your system is better than the USTA's free tennis management software? How could that possibly be? I didn't, I didn't say All names. All right, on that note, we should probably hang up now. <laughs> I, I didn't say names, but, you know, it's not. Uh-huh. Well, Andres, I appreciate your time. You got anything else? Got anything exciting coming up? Got any, any scoop, anything you want to share, or uh, should we? No, so look, I would, my message to everyone is come check us out. If you haven't heard of us, you know, there's, um, you know, look, look us around at your local clubs. Maybe we got a club around there. If not, our, you know, our website is playbypoint.com, download our app and kind of book a demo, right. And, and just learn why, right. So no commitment. And you'll see that, you know, why clubs that work with us are really making a difference and at the cutting edge of the future of racket sports. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll say it that way. Well, there you have it. We want to thank Rejuvenate.com for use of the studio, and be sure to hit that follow button. For more tennis-related content, you can go to AtlantaTennisPodcast.com, and while you're there, check out our calendar of tennis events, the best deals on Technifiber products, tennis apparel, and more. If you're a coach, director of any racket sports, or just someone who wants to utilize our online shop, contact us about setting up your own shop collection to offer your branded merchandise to the Atlanta tennis world. And with that, we're out. See you next time.